Welcome to the How Scary Is It podcast, a podcast in which we watch a movie once a week. It's normally a horror movie, although this one might be a little different, Brie. Maybe. Might, might be. I'll co- cock my head 90 degrees to the left. Really? Really? It's <laughs> do my best Tim Robinson. Um, hi, yeah. Welcome to the How Scary Is It podcast, podcast in which we watch a scary movie and we determine... How scary is it? Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Hi, uh, my name is Anthony. I'm Bree. Oh, and here we are once again. Uh, we just got out of the movies. We did. We we just returned from the movies, not seeing the movie that we are reviewing today, seeing a different movie that we will not be reviewing on the podcast in depth. We can talk a little bit about it, I think, though. We Hi. want to see... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It just came out on the day of, uh, well, two days earlier. We're recording this on a Sunday. Came out a couple days earlier. Um, finally getting out to the matinee show. I did not like our theater. It was a baby. Oh, my God. Yeah, so. I thought he was going to explode. Me? No, I was fine. But I was just like, why on earth are we still bringing infants to the movie theater for a two and a half hour long movie too like that was a long ass movie i don't know brie these people are wild out here i thought post i think post covid i think we've talked about this before we've gotten worse as a theater audience like we lost uh the knowledge of theater etiquette or did we ever have it to begin with i thought we even had it (laughs) i don't think we had had etiquette before. i feel like we were getting there um as movie goer uh, movie audiences began to like flock to the theaters a bit we also more. went to a different theater than we normally go to yeah um we went to a theater that i normally where we normally went before we moved to where we're at now um but now like okay so we we're amc people we're not cinemark people we're not uh what's the other one Werenberg. Right, the Werenberg. Um, we're we're AMC people. I love me my Nicole Kidman. Welcome to the movies. Uh, introduction. I love all the popcorn luxury containers that we can never get because the workers at the AMC take them for themselves and then say we're sold out. Typical. 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 But I love. But I love me my AMC. Um. The one that we normally go to is a really fancy, fancy pants AMC where they have like the reclining chairs and the uh, theater is like updated and it's a little bit bigger. There's more leg space and everything. I gotta tell you, we went to this one and I was like, I don't like this. Theater. I sat there and I was like, I can't, I can't come back here anymore. Like, I like I've been exposed, I've been exposed to fillet and like now I can't go back to like. Uh, $2 steak, you know? I, I just was like, I was like, I don't like these seats. I was like, I like the ones that recline. I like to have the red seats that recline. And my, I, my biggest thing was the leg space. I felt very cramped in this theater than in the one that we usually go to. Like, I have my leg space. We're usually pretty good about finding seats that aren't next to people. And even though we neither of us sat next to somebody, I still felt a little cramped in there. Also... 80 degrees today. 80 they degrees didn't have, into that theater. <laughs> they did not have the hair on <laughs> until about the last 20 minutes of the movie. And 
we went and saw this movie. <laughs> is, this is a movie I will never see again. I, Overall, but, but okay, so I, not because it was bad. A brief Guardians was, of the Galaxy discussion. It was, it was so good. Are we? We're not doing spoilers. No, spoilers. no spoilers. There, I just have like I'm a very. Anthony will attest to this. I'm a very sensitive person. Very, very sensitive. I I want to tell the audience how sensitive Brie is and give an example. When we first met, we watched on her laptop the movie Man of Steel with uh, about Superman. She cried in one scene of Man of Steel and it was when Pa Kent got ate up by the tornado. Is that not sad though? Like, I'm just sad. saying like, it's sad, but it's pot Kent. Like, okay. I don't know what, I don't think that that is a movie that a lot of people would cry at. This Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Crier. You said Crier earlier. Uh, I said it was a cry fest. It's oh. a cry fest. I, I, I do not say this lightly to say I began crying in opening credits because of how quiet it was. I was preparing myself for what was to come and I had started crying in the opening the, the, with the Marvel yes. logo. <laughs> I had started crying then and I did not stop even as we were in the car on our way home from watching this movie. I cried for like three hours. I'm exhausted. <laughs> like I'm re- like really tired. So I'm doing this podcast. I'm tired. Like emotionally like drained. Like my just like tear dr- ducks are like tired. I feel like I need to take an aspirin after this and just like lay down and maybe take like a 15, 20 minute siesta. Like, oh my, I'm so tired. I will tell you though. Um, being a dog father, owning an animal and like loving that animal so much, like I can't watch anything that involves like animals in peril anymore. I can't watch anything like that or else I'm just like, I want to go home and hug my dog for 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like tell the dog how much I love him. I just think this was a very rough movie for me to get through. Somebody, yeah. So. And I and I don't think I will ever willingly watch this movie again. Doesn't matter how great I thought the movie was. I thought the movie was absolutely amazing. I I really think that like this is a really like up there in like the would upper say, echelon. We were, we of were um, the other day I would, ranking I would, Marvel movies. I would, in my this senior is very. Class. It's. It's very high. Do you think that this is an S tier or an A tier movie? I don't think it goes below. I think it's an A tier or an S tier. I think it's an S tier movie. It's so good. It's so good. But man, I will never watch it again. It just tore me up from the inside out. Yeah. It was kind of like like someone stuck their hands inside my heart. Was it it more so for you without getting into spoiler territory? For you, was it more so because of the animal cruelty aspect of the movie, or was it because of the character progression and the the, the journey of the characters by the end of the movie? 
both and i think that's why it really like it felt like someone stuck their hands inside my body in my heart it was like pulling the entire time i still feel that and i've only had this like physical raw emotional like feeling twice before my life the first time ever was when i went and saw marley and me oh me too oh we are everybody trauma bonded over marley marley and me was so upsetting to me i cried for an hour and a half after it was over and i watched it with a friend and the friend had to call my mom (laughs) holy holy moly because i needed like my mom nervous laughter the second movie it wasn't even a movie the a tv show that like did that thing where it like goes inside your heart and rips it when we watch fleabag the end of fleabag oh the end of fleabag is devastating i, I remember when i told you i was like i'm not okay like this yeah mo- this show made but, me not but feel okay the end and fleabag spoilers incoming it's been <laughs> out for like f- six years whatever um the whole end of fleabag was to say yes it didn't go the way that she wanted it to but she's gonna be okay like the whole telling the viewer not to follow her anymore is like i'm gonna be fine don't worry about me you know it just it that show like just like pulled at my heartstrings too much this movie devastated me it rocked me to my core (laughs) i am devastated i am rocked i need i need like a break like i need like a fun like joke we'll watch some one piece later no i like i need like more than that i need (laughs) i need like i need like jackass or something like (laughs) i i need something that's just gonna make me laugh and i'm not gonna think about anything sad at all one Piece, it's not that show. <laughs> One Piece can be very sad like, at times, I was like, too. Especially right now when they're doing clips. Of- oh, like the clip show episodes? Because I can't go back. We're Okay, so if you're a One Piece fan and you're listening to the podcast. If you're right, not a One Piece fan, you You got go like a thousand it. episodes to catch up on. But we're on like the end of the Whole Cake Island arc when they're about to hit the reverie and they're doing like a clip show in between all of the episodes that are canon. It's like, oh, remember Vivi? Like, this is what happened with Vivi. Remember Dalton? This is what happens with Dalton and Dr. Hero look and things like that. We're in, we're in that territory where the show is just trying to kickstart our memory of like all these emotional arcs from the, from the earlier parts of the show. And I just, I we're on the parts where they're like kind of talking about impel down and it's don't i'm not gonna spoil anything i don't know how how much a spoiler right now because it's like 15 years since there's a there's a part of this where i'm like i i told him i was like i can't emotionally go through that again i was like i've i'm like i love the show i watched it one time and that is enough i was like because i was crying for like an hour when we first watched it so i would like to not watch that again i can't watch we had to stop watching for the day do you remember that we had to stop oh yeah we yeah. had to stop watching one and you for knew the day. it was coming too and i knew it was coming because you told me it was coming because you wanted to prep me but like nothing like ugh, i'm such an emotional person the one piece <laughs> the one piece is real i'm just like I've always been this way. Like, I'm so sensitive. So the, um, so Guardians of the Galaxy 3, without going into spoilers, um, I thought that 
this was and I know like James Gunn being on Superman now isn't wasn't something that was planned at the conception of this movie, but it almost felt like this was James Gunn's like, hey, Superman's in good hands, guys. Like that kind of move because not only did you have like James Gunn is an expert in getting people to emotionally attach to characters, which is what you need out of a Superman movie. Like people have to be able to emotionally attach to this guy and all the secondary characters involved in it because Superman is an emotional character and Superman does mean a lot to a lot of people. So when it comes to what are the ethos pathos logos isn't ethos. I don't remember which one, whichever one appeals to emotion. James Gunn is very good at. And, um, when it comes to action sequences, everything like with Adam Warlock, I was like, he's good. So this is Superman. This is a Superman flight sequence. He's good. Um, I thought that this I is like- about this is about the third movie this year so far that has used Beastie Boys No Sleep Till Brooklyn <laughs> in it. And Chris Pratt was in two of those movies. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers also used that. Um, but that no sleep till Brooklyn scene is the the action sequence when they're in the hallway. So good. Holy moly, shot incredibly I well. Was like, lean, I was choreographed. gonna lean over to you and be like, like this is really good. Eight like top tier Marvel action sequence where if we're thinking of like Marvel action sequences that I'm thinking like this this is all time high. This one is up there, and um, the Punisher Daredevil season two prison fight is like up there too. Top tier Marvel action sequences. I think I walked out of this movie being like, I'm okay with the Guardians of the Galaxy being finished, and we can have more of a spoilery discussion about that off mic. Um, I mean, it's not over. Like, it's just no. I'm like the trilogy. I'm yeah, talking about. I was like, it's not over. There are still guardians. It's just not. Spoilers. Don't spoil. Just warning. It's not. Um, it's not like we're not gonna have this. The movies anymore. Yes, it's it's a swan song. It's like, hey, it's James Gunn saying, hey, you know, we're if, if we're gonna use these characters in the future, somebody else is gonna. It, they're in somebody else's hands now. And we've set that up in a really good way. Um, but I also felt like this was like, hey, Superman's in good hands. And now I'm okay with it. Cause I, and I, it's not that I dislike James Gunn. I think he has a very particular style. And the worry of James Gunn is that he was going to take Superman and make it Guardians of the Galaxy. Where it's like quirky and comic comedy and that's not really in the essence of super Superman can be funny, but not in a way that's like joke, 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 joke. Uh, Drax talking about butts and poop, you know, (laughs) um, that that's for guardians of the galaxy. And he kind of did it with suicide squad too. And peacemaker. So it was like, "Eh, is he going to be good with Superman? I think that you can do, I think he can do Superman in a really good way. And that, Every every flight sequence with Adam Warlock was like, all right, this is a good audition for Superman and how to film a Superman like flight sequence. 
So, Guardians, would you give it A or S tier? I said S tier. S tier? You're going to go S tier? We <sighs> rank... I don't know if I have the list. I can uh, see if I can pull it up. We rank the Marvel movies. We did... So, we got all the way to, I think, Shang-Chi. But they... So, I'll give you the S tier Marvel movies that they... My fourth period class put up on their list. And you tell me if you agree with it. Iron Man 1. Mm. As an S tier. Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I felt like this was better than the first one. I also felt like 2 was better than the first one. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh yeah, that's good. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. I think this might take over as my favorite past Ragnarok. Infin- I will, Though I will watch Ragnarok again. Uh, Ragnarok will- is objectively my or subjectively my favorite mc movie just because of the sheer amount of times i can just rewatch it i was like i can okay. i can rewatch that movie this one i will i i'm putting my foot down i will never watch it again yeah um and avengers infinity war s tier shang chi i don't believe shang chi is i S-tier. said are you putting shang chi up there for because the, all the girls in the class were oh yeah shang chi shang chi and i'm like eh, i don't know if you're putting it up there for the right reason um yeah they put endgame in a tier they put they i mean i had a defense lined up for I just think the, civil war the, the mis- and they decided the, not to do it the mistake of endgame was not using um the song endgame by Taylor Swift. Oh my God! You and your Taylor. <laughs> we'll get to Taylor Swift today. Um, Wanna be an end game? Wanna Black Panther. I don't know why they didn't put it in S tier. I made an argument for it as only MCU movie to be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. But was it Best Picture worthy? Yes, I think it was Best Picture worthy. I think totally Best Picture worthy. S tier movie for sure. Uh, can you guess their two F tier Marvel movies? lowest f tier there was only two eternals yes and i don't know thor the dark world Uh, thor the dark world thor the dark world (laughs) (laughs) it's uh totally f tier i i made a defense of captain marvel in that point i said captain marvel is not a bad movie just a boring movie and i said I think that we are a little unfair to Captain Marvel in a lot of ways because people think like Marvel fans give ba- Captain Marvel a bad reputation because they're sexist. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really excited for the Marvels. It looks Oh, good. it looks awesome. It looks I think re- it looks really fun. It looks like it's going to be a fun movie. Yeah. And I think Marvel, like there are certain movies where it's like Marvel has has success when it's like we are having fun. This is character driven and we're having fun. And it seems like where we haven't given Brie Larson's Carol Danvers like a lot to do and a character, it, it looks like she's getting a character in which this movie, great. which is great. Yeah. Um, and to have her like juxtaposed with Kamala Khan and um, Monica Rambeau, I think you have like a recipe for a really fun movie there and a lot of like uh, interactions between the characters. So I'm excited for that. Welcome to Talkin' MCU. Okay, so now let's get into the actual movie you're here to listen about. And I don't think that this is going to go very long because... It was kind of... This is a very so, Anthony, weird movie yeah. for to, to do. I was I got I got this movie on recommendation. Anthony 
was the one who got to choose this movie because I chose the last like couple of movies. So I wanted to get a movie that neither of us had seen before. And this was recommended to me by one of my students. Um, Hulu original film, 2019's Little Monsters, which is a... I wouldn't consider this I, a horror movie. It's more of like a, a comedy. Yeah, this is a this is a zombie comedy. It's not a... I wouldn't even say it's a horror comedy. Like, we would say... In going back to previous episodes, Evil Dead 2 is a horror comedy, right? Like, it is a horror movie that With comedic t- turns into a comedy. Where this is just, like, straight-up straight up comedy. comedy. It's straight-up comedy with, like, this uh, main character calling it, like, making fat jokes at a kid. <laughs> Which uh, arguably hilarious. Let's oh, put it there that. are some like the mean jokes are arguably hilarious. There are some in jokes movie. in here that are so funny, but we both said this movie felt like it should have been made like in like 2016. No, no, like I would say even earlier. This is 2012, two, 2007 or eight. This is like a 2007 Judd Apatow movie where <laughs> starring Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill. <laughs> um. <laughs> Where I thought, like, some of the joke, like, the first 15 minutes of the movie, of this movie suck. They suck. <laughs> They're terrible. Unless, until we get to the zombies, it's, it's a bad movie. Because it's like, well, don't you want to do so, all your Okay, yeah, let's, first. let's, let's do this first before we get into it. I'm um, hungry, so we're making this go fast because I got We're going to be at about an hour. I'm going to try to hit an hour on this boy, one. boy, I'm making, um, giant, you know how we... I've made mini weenies before, my friends, but this we got a free package of hot we dogs. Got, I was gonna, I'm not gonna say it because I feel like somebody is gonna yeah, sound clip. No, we had, we got a free package of hot dogs from the store, <laughs> and then I had a one dollar off a thing of crescent rolls, so I'm making the jumbo. You dogs. can say I'm not saying the jumbo it. wieners. There you go. <laughs> You've heard of mini weenies? These are just. Big old (laughs) (laughs) adult. (laughs) Go away. I I, I'm not saying you said it. I'm not saying it. Um, Little Monsters is a 2019 zombie comedy film written and directed by Abe Forsyth, starring Lupita Nyong'o, Alexander England, Josh Josh Gad, and Kat Stewart. Story centers around a washed-up musician, a children's television personality and a kindergarten teacher teaming up to protect a group of young school children during a sudden zombie outbreak. This is a Hulu original film clocked in at about 94 minutes, which is one of the reasons why I was like, okay with the movie. I was like, 90 minute banger. Let's go. We've been want. I've been really wanting to do the shining on here, but we have to wait till the summer. Cause we just do not have the time. It's such a long movie. And he wants to do like extensive research on it. And there's so much to unpack. It's like, if we go into The Shining blind, I don't think we're going to be able to talk about all that we can talk about. Whereas with this, it's like, is there even enough to talk about? (laughs) Because it was a pretty straightforward film, I thought. It was, uh, aside from the first, like, establishing our main character in, what's David? Um, As this, like bad guy loser selfish person once we get to zombies then i think the movie starts to really kick like enjoy itself yeah and have fun because like the first part of this movie we have like this guy who's like 
arguing with his girlfriend like the first like couple minutes is just like a montage of him and this girl arguing like around everyone and everyone seems like to be so over it to the point where like they break up Mm -hmm. and he would you okay can i i'm gonna be looking to you for a lot of this conversation because you are the elementary teacher yes and i think uh i I, pedagogically i want to talk about whether some of the tactics that were used in this movie would work and as my wife i want to talk to you about would you ever have arguments like that in public in public spaces as these two characters have they are screaming at each other and swearing at each other do you feel like we would ever be in a situation kaido is making noise making noise um do you think that if we were ever in a situation where we were arguing in public I don't like to that it would devolve people. into that I don't like to feel embarrassed I don't like to embarrass others if we're going to have a if we're going to have a screaming match it's going to be in the privacy of our own home I don't think we've ever had a screaming no, match No because we know how to communicate effectively I think the problem is that he doesn't know how to communicate effectively and that was like his whole I think this character is also uh extremely selfish extremely selfish and mean <laughs> He calls a kid the R word Oh yeah and it's like, oh God, Kaido in the back. Um, that's Guido talking. That's that's Guido, and so he calls this kid the R word in the movie. And I think that we could give this movie a lot of slack for the use of that word, or we can look at it as when he's when he brings his nephew to school later in the film. And they see this kid who has spina bifida and he's like, oh, is that like, what, what are you talking about? Like he goes, and I'm saying the, the R word kid. And we can take that as, okay, this is mean spirited. Or we can take it as the use of that word in that way just made this character look horrible, right? Like we're not using it to make fun of somebody other than the character that's using the word. It's similar to my perspective on like why it's always sunny in Philadelphia can use blackface and get away with it is because it's being used to exemplify how horrible these characters are. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that that's acceptable? I can we get away with doing those unacceptable things? I am not black, so I cannot comment on that. No, I'm just saying like uh, the th- not not just that, but that using that as an example of um, doing things that you can't get away with anymore. At the end of the day, like I can't make that judgment call. Regardless, the character is introduced to us as being like absolutely the worst type of person like he doesn't know how to talk to kids and he doesn't know what's appropriate like he takes his nephew with him to try to win back his ex well you you would say too like as a first grade teacher because we were i think we were having this conversation the other day about something where it's like you're supposed to talk to kids like they're adults because we say you're uh you have a student that talks like baby baby talks but you have to talk to kids like they're adults so that they get used to knowing i don't like infantizing children i don't like how adults infantize people 
Like we were talking about it when we talked about um, little people. That it bothers both of us when people talk and infantize them. Because these are adult human beings with adult human being brains who <laughs> you're infantizing. And you said, you brought it to my attention, they do the same thing with like people with disabilities. Yeah. It's like people infantize them, they talk down to them, they talk to them like they're children when these are adults. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't even infantize the, the children in my classroom. I speak to them like I would speak to an adult. I was like, but with a lot more patience, with a lot easier language for them to understand. But you're also not taking it the step that David in this movie is taking it by swearing and talking about like uh, very adult, yeah, you like, know, content-based I, I things. I can tell you like... I was just like, I had a conversation with a child who was crying and like we walked through why we were like, she was upset. And I was like, this is how I would walk through an adult who is upset. It's just like, it's how I would walk through myself when I'm upset. Kids are, and I say this, children are a lot more perceptive than you give them credit for. Any teacher can tell you that. Children know what's going on, even if you don't tell them. Okay, can I can I use Guardians of the Galaxy, not spoilery, as an example of this? There's a scene where there's like a bunch of kids, and none of the characters know how to like get the kids to do what they want them to do. But then comes in Drax, who starts like, "Ooh, I'm a monkey. I'm making monkey noises," and it makes the kids laugh, and then they buy in. The kids that age. Do you think that they would fall for something like kids that? Are, kids are, are, kids. are they too perceptive that they'll be like, this guy's just making monkey noises? Well, at that point, like kids are kids and stuff makes them laugh. Like, yeah, there are things that make kids laugh. Like if I do a funny face, like the kids will, the kids will laugh. Mm-hmm. I was like, but making the being silly and making them laugh is not infantizing them. Okay. Like he still told them after making them laugh. He gave them a clear directive, which in in which they followed. Yeah, because yes, I. But I'm I was because I am not good with kids, like with little you're kids. Fi- you're fine. I am. I am I saw so you bad with and, little kids. I saw you at the boys and girls club. You were fine. I'm so bad with little have kids. The, you don't have the magic touch. I don't have the magic touch where little white girls come flocking to you like Brie has. I think they can just identify that she's a teacher, just how she looks. You know, you don't have the magic touch with children, <laughs> but that doesn't mean you're bad with children. You still like help them out at the Boys and Girls Club. I know, but sometimes I'm like, okay, how when we're talking about like the perceptiveness of children or like how to talk to children, it's like, how much should I be gentle in the in the sense of like, the kid's not going to understand what you're talking about. You know what I mean? That that's my issue all the time is like, how adult in the way that I describe things can I be or something like that? You know what I mean? I don't know. Talking to children comes naturally to me. So I like, yeah, I'm just like not very good at it. Like talking when the kid's like able to have like a legitimate conversation. That's I have when le- I'm good I have a legitimate, I had a legitimate conversation with children in my class about um, like how, why the Statue of Liberty 
over time has turned like green. Okay. And we talked about like oxidation. And when I explained what that is, now I have students who like talk about oxidation. Like I don't even know how to spell that. And could like explain how it works. Yeah. Because first graders are smart. Mm-hmm. They do understand the life cycle. Have you ever walked by a classroom where all the children are chanting egg, larva, pupa, adult, egg, larva, pupa, adult? <laughs> we were talking about the life cycle of our butterflies that are in our classroom. And we talked about the scientific name. Yes, we call it a caterpillar, but it's the larva stage of the life cycle. I was like, the pupa, the chrysalis, cocoon. Does every kid get a caterpillar? No, we get six as a class. Oh. We named them, the names are Frankie Chopper. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Oh, I named them. Oh, my God. Them. Oh, so, you named them? Yes, yeah, Soros, Hanji. <laughs> All One Piece names. Yes. Did the kids get it Brooke at all? And uh, Luffy. Um, one. One kid got it. Yes, and that's the one who watches One Piece. I oh, we had and when I was in fifth grade, we had chicks. They did like the life cycle. With I will chicks. never do that because I feel like where do you what do you do? With what do them? you do with all the chicks? Yeah, butterflies. You let them outside. I had a chick. Uh, I named him uh, Yogi. <laughs> Yeah, that was my my chick's name. If we had, if I did chicks at my school, I would take all the chicks home. We would have a bunch of chickens. I not doing that. So <laughs> I thank God you don't do chicks. Because I, I do like, not want and, that. And I, would, I would keep doing it year after year. We'd just have like a bunch of chickens. Mm-hmm. Our whole yard would just be chickens. Yeah. All right. Continuing on with where we're at in the movie, we're just kind of establishing like he's this horrible. character. He's horrible. He's living with his, his sister after he breaks up with his uh, girlfriend. He's living with his sister, and her his sister has a five-year-old son, and, kindergarten age, whatever and that is. it's a, implied that he's a test tube baby. Like, Is the, that implied? Yeah. That he was. Really? That, yeah. What, did that I miss mom, that? Like, mom purposely went and had him and is not married. Okay. I must have missed that somewhere along the line. Okay. Oh, I mean, I don't care, but. That's kind of a in, interesting. There's a little. There's a bunch of little things in this movie that are like one-off comments that make big implications. <laughs> so, like later on in the movie, there's a line that says, um, like towards the third act of the movie, when the U.S. government's like getting involved in the zombie outbreak and they're looking to stop it, they're like, "Are they slow zombies or fast zombies?" And they're like, "Slow this time." <laughs> and i was like wait okay so this has happened before <laughs> like we know how to take care of it there's like those little throwaway parts of the dialogue that make huge implications into the rest of the world that we've built here like we make the implication that uh felix is a test tube baby we make the implication that this is happening this zombie outbreak has happened before and then there's one line that another uh army person says he's like oh he's picking up the the, <laughs> the child that is- oh no different line different oh. line different line um he says i'm not gonna shoot a kid again oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like implying that he's shot kids before <laughs> these huge implications Thro- tell him the line that you were okay because the- we were saying like some some lines are one chi- making fun of people there's but it's arguably one- hilarious this is one child who is quite round 
He's not even that big. He's not even that like like he's not. But they even keep that... making fat jokes throughout the yeah, whole movie. Yeah, like, he's kid. not even that fat of a kid. And then like an army guy goes to pick him up, and he goes, <laughs> "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> I Bri, we're so bad. And I, and I, we, I, I, I turned to Anthony. I was like, "I was like, what is that, that kid like?" 45 50 pounds yeah. i was like you can't live 45 50 pounds they they spend pretty much the whole movie making fat jokes about this kid but that's the one where i'm just like i lost it <laughs> and i felt so bad laughing about it because it's at the expense of this child but i something about it that was just a funny line is it well well executed i suppose um but yeah david is living with uh his sister and her son Felix and Felix has a lot of like health issues. He's, like, he's allergic to a lot of he's things. He's allergic to like dairy, gluten, everything. Literally everything. Um so Felix and and David start to like bond a little bit. They start to get to know each other a little bit to a point where David is like, "Okay, I'm going to bring Felix in to try and get back together with my girlfriend and she's gonna be oh how cute it's a little kid and get back together. yeah they walk in on her like doing the nasty yeah with a co-worker and um this is like part of the movie where i felt this feels like poorly written you know what i mean this feels like very cheesy very uh low-hanging fruit type situation that we're putting into this movie um so i was like man if this whole movie is gonna be like this type of like comedy comedy i'm not gonna enjoy it it changes it turns a little bit because it's like i feel like we needed to get through the first 15 minutes or so to actually get to what the what they really wanted this movie to be and after that um he takes felix to school and where we meet... Well, the sister starts yelling at him and basically threatening to kick him out. Unless he does unless he more. contributes. Yeah. So he takes Felix to school and meets Felix's kindergarten teacher, Miss Caroline. By, played by Lupita Nyong'o. Who is, and, like, gorgeous. Well, they make a note that, like, every parent, like... Tries to make Tries to get with and tries to make a pass at her, um, to which he tries as well. Yes. Well, do you blame him? She's gorgeous. Yeah. And um, meanwhile, they're, uh, we're introduced like the supporting kids in the in the class. We're the kid with spina bifida, the larger kid. They all make fun of uh, Felix. They're, yeah, they all make fun of him. And that's where we get like, why is that our word child? Yeah, uh, yeah. Making fun of you. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I think that's the line. Um, so... Basically, uh, there's a lot of like making fun of kids in this movie, which I don't know if that's like, I feel like you can execute it in as comedy sometimes and then it feels mean and other times, like there's some stuff in here that feels like mean spirited, but other things that feel like it's at the expense of ta- talking to us about how horrible this one character is. But like there's, there's funny stuff in here at different points, like the the larger kid who everyone's making fat jokes about he starts making fun of felix um about felix not having a dad and david t- tells him something along the lines of uh 
Oh, uh, how do how do I know you don't have a dad? He never comes up when I come visit your mom. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, that's hilarious. It's a hilarious thing to tell a child. <laughs> and we get like, he's he's crushing on the teacher. And what happens is one of the parents is ill. And so is half the class. So this class is actually like much larger. But the kids that are in attendance for this field trip are the ones who are not sick. There's like an outbreak of like a stomach bug. And so a parent drops out as a chaperone and a bunch of kids are not there and so david our main character is like oh i will chaperone then i will jump in and i will chaperone which the mom is which felix's mom's like are you sure you want to do this like you don't even like kids and she's explaining like all of felix's allergies and how to do the EpiPen blue in Check the sky. EpiPen. Yeah, I said he's gonna do that wrong. I said <laughs> you called it from the I, get-go. I called it from the beginning. I was like blue in the sky, or orange in the thigh. He's gonna get it wrong. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get it wrong. Which that is a true to, true to God like rhyme that well I'm sure that people use yeah. blue in the sky, orange in the thigh. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you you know which way it goes. And um, he's kind of like listening but not listening. He's like, I know how to do it. Like, no. Yeah. He's like, I got it. I got it. It's like, no, he doesn't. And we go to this. We cut to what is like this mili- U.S. military base in Australia. Or I think that's where they are. Yes. Yeah. They're in Australia. And they're like the two military people are making jokes about like how all this this whole country is full of animals that can kill you, which is like an actual joke people make about Australia. Because like the every- jump bears. Well, like everything's poisonous and everything can kill you. I thought about... Um- when I was going through a transitional period between freshman and sophomore year of my undergrad, um, I thought about doing a, um, uh, what do they call it? Going studying abroad and they offered Australia and I thought about going to Australia. Then I did some research on Australia and found out the spiders are huge. <laughs> and I said, nope, not going to Australia ever, <laughs> <laughs> ever. Um, and so we get like these two people on a golf cart and then there's like munching and crunching going on in the, and it's like a, we've, it's zombies. Zombies. Yeah. There's like an outbreak and they call it in. They're like, blah, blah, blah. There's a breach in this, in sector 24. And then on the other line, it's just like, and in 25, it's like, blah, blah. And it's like, uh oh. And it's to the point where it's, it's really bad. So the kids are going on this field trip to this like uh, farm. farm with a bunch of animals on it. And there's a bunch of people there. They run into this t- uh, children's like celebrity, like a blippy type. Yeah. Um, Called Teddy McGiggles, played by Josh Gad. Which he's perfectly cast. Oh, my right? God. He's perfectly cast in this role. And what I, I like about this movie in general is that you can take... It's so hard in 2019 when this movie's made to take a zombie story and make it something fresh and fun and entertaining. So I think like having because zombie movies are almost always about the characters that inhabit the survival group, you know, and how these characters work together, how they butt heads a lot. The zombies are almost secondary to everything. And this movie follows that format too. But I don't know if we've ever had a zombie movie that has been about like a school teacher 
trying to protect kids. And this is what it turns into. So we have like the the kids are there. They're having a great time. They There's like Teddy McGiggles is there. He's Teddy doing the dance. He got there. the frog. They're gonna go on like like they're gonna put puck golf later, and they're gonna go on a hayride. But then at the same time, like the kids are going on this hayride, the zombies break out of that facility, and they're going towards this farm. Things escalate very quickly, and yes. it seems like just with a snap of your fingers, it's like everyone's a zombie. Everyone's now. a zombie. Including like, a bunch of kids from other field trips yeah. that are there. So, like, they're on this hayride, and they fought one zombie, and they come back to, like, the main farm, and, like, everyone's a zombie. And so, Nupita Nuango's character is explaining to the kids, okay, we're going to play a game. We're going to try to get to, we're going <laughs> to see all those people. They're it. And we're going to stay in a straight line and we're going to run as fast as we can and we're going to avoid the people who are it. So you talked about like the perceptiveness of kids. Do you think kids would buy that or do you think children of that age would be like, no, this is an actual threat happening? If they believe that this is a game, they will believe you because you're the adult. Okay. Yeah. And and she They're, says that later in the movie. She's like, we want to make them believe that the adults are in charge. Yes. The the thing is, if you make the if you are if you stay calm, they will stay calm. And this is something that I learned as a camp counselor. This is something I know as a teacher. If you are dysregulated, you will dysregulate all those children. If you are regulated, you can help children be regulated. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing where it's like a dysregulated adult cannot regulate an unregulated child when you are dealing with students who are like on 10 you can't meet them at 10 you gotta meet them at zero the only way to help a kid get off 10 is to be at zero because if you are even at a three like you're feeding well it's the same thing in high school too where it's like if you um the moment you yell is the moment you lose yeah type thing because you can't be frustrated and then help this kid regulate themselves and it's like kids are like when my kids trip and fall and they're bleeding right if i go oh my god oh my god ah," then they start crying and freaking out because even though they weren't crying and freaking out before yeah yeah if you are like i had a kid i was monitoring the the recess lot the other day he tripped he fell i came up to him i was like are we okay and i was completely leveled out are you okay can i see your hands let me see your hands they look to be fine are you feeling fine they said yep and they went off and they played because i never raised my voice i never was like (gasps) it was just like can i help you up can i see your hands okay or do you feel like you're okay yep okay go off and play like when my kids get bloody noses because i have like two like constant bloody nose kids in my room they're like there's always a kid that gets a bloody like, nose all the time they're like my nose is bleeding i was like here's a tissue go walk to do you have nurse. a stinky kid no oh really there's no stinky kids in your class no but there's stinky kids in other classes that smell like straight up pee yeah okay i was gonna say there's always a stinky kid every in every class there's there's a a stinky kid class a kindergarten class that i observe there's like four stinky kids in that class and they all smell like pee and i brought it up to their teacher i was like you know like this kid this kid this kid this kid they all smell like urine do you think they're peeing themselves why do you think they smell like pee that's my concern is that they are peeing themselves okay 
because maybe you're not going to the bathroom I, enough. Maybe I just remember to ask to go to the bathroom, or maybe they are come from a neglectful environment and you need to go check in on them. Yeah, yeah. Because this is like there's one kid who like cons- consistently smells like pee. I I would just remember Big Daddy when Adam Sandler's character's like, my kid's the one who's the stinky kid. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but. Once you, as long as you remain calm, the kids will remain calm. So that was interesting watching them So you think that's like an accurate thing? Yes. If you were in this situation as a first grade teacher, you would try to do. as this field trip became like an overnight experience, that's when kids are like, this is actually not a game. Like that's where they would snap out of it. Like as soon as like they didn't go home. Mm-hmm. So they get to like this gift shop, and Josh Gad's oh, character is I in wanted, the gift shop. I wanted to say this movie and that sequence in particular of like the conga line um, making their way to the gift shop. I was like, this movie makes it seem so easy to just avoid zombies. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we get movies and TV shows like The Walking Dead where the zombies are slow. But it's just the sheer amount of them become overwhelming. This was that. This was that too. Like there's just a lot of them, but they were able to like. Because they're just like swiping. The zombies yeah. are swiping, and it's like, eh, get away, zombie. Yeah, they get to the gift shop where get Josh Gad's like character is held up, and he like refuses. He's swearing at them, to, and to he the completely flips in, uh, into like his regular persona, like, not his television persona. Yeah. The, what happens is the kids like sneak it. They crawl through like this tiny little hole and like off the side of the gift shop. And then we have David, our main character who actually like forces himself inside and then lets everybody inside and like beats the, the crud out of yeah. our, our like Teddy Mc, McGiggles, Teddy McGiggles character. And Teddy McGiggles almost ruins the whole thing. Cause when he gets in there, he's like saying, everyone's going to die. We're all going to die. Like no one's coming for us. We're going to die in a, in and, a zombie apocalypse situation. We always talk about like what we would do to survive. I would die. Um, but, and we've said before, like we would just die. There's, there's no fighting it. Do you think that there would be like people who actually would act so selfishly Yes. Like that, you think that that's something that, that is, actually would happen? That's or? the human condition. Fight or flight. Yeah. Okay. That was that was. Or just stay, freeze, right? He he was just absolutely the most. He did. He cared so much about his survival that he was able. He wanted. He would willing to sacrifice other people, in order to for his own safety. Sa- yeah, for him to be safe, even if they're kids. Yeah. Um, I could never. What would you do? I could never. I would do anything to protect my class. Mm-hmm. What about another class? Say you're Teddy McGiggles and it's my class. I just like really value human life. I'd try to save people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like I would do that, too. I wouldn't be like. I'm I'm Miss Caroline going out and getting the sec- backup EpiPen. Yeah. Like, level caring about people. I feel like. Um, at my at my core, I probably wouldn't be that selfish. And be like, nah, you guys need to leave. Get out of here. If there was an option of, yeah, I could save all these people's lives, I'd probably do it. You know, it didn't take much for him to just open the door. Mm-hmm. But Teddy McGiggles is like a bad guy. Oh, yeah. He talks about this is my penance because I slept with a bunch of moms. Yeah. So he's like, I studied under Al Pacino and like the actor's studio 
He's like, I can't believe I'm doing this TV kid personality, but it's the only thing that makes me money. And he's like, then I get to sleep with all the moms. So he's like, I'm just like a, he's like a horrible guy. And I think have... that's such an interesting like thing to do for this type of movie is get like a blippy esque character and just be like, he is the worst. <laughs> you know, and he's like the antagonist of this movie. We have like they um convince him, Miss Caroline, like shoves something in his side. It was like, you are going to say that it's all fine. It's just a game <laughs> to get him to like buy in. And he says, it's just a game, blah, blah, blah. And while meanwhile, David's like handing out snacks because the kids are getting hungry. His problem is he says the food is OK to eat to his nephew, Felix. And it's not OK for his nephew, Felix, to eat. To be fair, to be fair, he does make a good point. He hands him a bag of chips and he said, who puts dairy in chips? To be fair, who puts dairy in chips? I mean, I would not. I would be in David's position and then, here, and I would so not have thought twice about a bag of chips. We have the first like big conundrum of Felix is having like an allergic reaction, and David goes to do the EpiPen, and he puts the the orange in the sky, and he goes to put the blue in the blue in the thigh. He injects himself, and the spare one is in the like hayride that they went on already. Mm-hmm. So Miss Caroline has to go through. And then we have this cool action sequence of Nupita Nuango like chopping off heads. They do this horror movie thing that I complain about all the time, but I accept because my suspension of disbelief, you know, zombies, whatever. My suspension of disbelief is out the door already. Friday the 13th did this. This movie does it too. It makes chopping somebody's head off seem like the easiest thing in the world to do that you can just clean my my defense is they're dead so it's just easier to chop off dead like i suppose but i'm like you can't just single swipe somebody's head off there's so much like stuff she makes like a run for it and then she gets there to the hair like the tractor ride and all the backpacks are the same they all have that green lizard backpack the the Teddy McGiggles sidekick, the little sock puppet. We're establishing Teddy McGiggles to be like, who would we, like the Wiggles, right? We Who would we say is like the equivalent of Teddy McGiggles that like kids lose their minds for? A personality that kids lose their minds for. This is like, I would say Blippy. I would say the Wild Kratz. I would say the JoJo Siwa. JoJo Siwa. That's a good analogy um where all the girls have the bows like all yeah. these kids have the backpack okay yeah and she that's fi- a good well like, i don't know how if jojo like, c was anything like teddy mcgoo no. but that kids just go crazy yeah, for imagine she, if jojo c was like the most revolting person in the world she gets the backpack she's like of oh, f and course she finds the one and then on her way back like she has to do some real like head swiping she gets back she drops through the ceiling um, she's covered in just blood, blood and guts. guts. What does she tell the kids? It's jam. I got into a jam fight. Uh, yeah, and she's like, <laughs> don't eat it. <laughs> don't put it in your mouth. Um, we end up saving Felix, thank goodness, and we get like the most human. This is where David like begins to care. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he now cares imme- He cares immensely about his nephew, and. He wants to see these kids be okay. So they start like coming up with a plan. Um, Ted McGill is like, we can go to the Giggle Mobile. Do you think David's character arc 
his like flip into I'm a horrible per from I'm a horrible person to like now I'm all about the kids. Do you think it's earned or do you think that they rush through? I think it's rushed. I think it is rushed a little bit, but it also works in a weird way where it's like I can believe you're that this character You're in a life character- or death situation and then you've had to like a you've had to confront a lot of things about yourself all very quickly. Yes. So it works because like in that situation you have to figure out if you're a good person or a bad person. Yeah. That's a good explanation for it. And he was a good person in the end. So they make this plan. Him and Teddy McGiggles are going to go to the Mc- the Gigamobile. <laughs> and they're going to get it, drive it to the gift shop, have the kids go in cause, and leave. Because the army plans to bomb the farm. Oh, can we? I think we um we missed stuff. While the kids are sleeping, David and uh, Miss Caroline have a conversation in which Miss Caroline reveals something about, what does she say about Hanson? She like used to follow a band around and the only reason she's in Australia is because she followed she Hanson. used all her money from her for her education to follow a band and she got stuck here and then Bob Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> and Bob and so now she's stuck here and she decided to become a teacher and this is where like she feels and her 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 fiance like cheated on her a few years back but she still wears the ring and david is also confronted with this thing of like yeah i've been kind of using my band that disbanded years ago as a crutch and not being very honest with myself so they have a very bonding moment where they're both honest about like how they got to where they are. And we get some real dark night of the soul stuff. So now we're like Teddy McGiggles and David are coming up with this plan. They run to the McGiggle Teddy McGiggles gets in, but then he doesn't open the door for David. And David's like, open up the door. Like they're coming. Oh, like open up. And he's like, ha ha gives him the finger. Mm-hmm. But then the guy who played the sock puppet <laughs> is a zombie and he's inside the van. Yeah. Don't know how that happened. Who who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and gets Josh Gad's character, Tim McGiggle. He dies. And our main character, David, is now on the roof of the Gigglemobile. He gets on the phone with his sister where he confronts like and says, thank you. Like, it's like a last... Like phone call kind of thing. If I don't make it. If I don't make it, thank you for taking care of me. Like our dad was a piece of shit, but you were like always there for me kind of thing. And then the kids and Miss Caroline are seeing this from inside the gift shop, like what's going on. And Miss Caroline turns around. She's like, where's Felix? And it's like, oh, he left. (laughs) He went through that little hole. Mm-hmm. And we have Felix the Rescue on a tractor. Cause he, in, a, in a Darth cause Vader costume. In a Darth Vader costume. He, this child escapes in a Darth Vader costume to get to the tractor first. We have this whole thing where he walks around and it's like saying, bah, like. Trying zoom, to do the zoom, force on like, things. Like on zombies. And there's a point where he like tries to force close the gate and a zombie bumps into it and it closes. And it's kind of like his moment where he's like, I can use the force. Mm-hmm. Oh, how cute. They give the kid that moment. And uh, we have the kid gets to the tractor and actually rescues his his uncle and then all the kids. 
because like he knows a lot about he's like hyper fixated on tractors yeah okay so that's like a character trait out that's of felix like that's like weird that at first mentioned at the beginning where he's just like really into tractors but kids are like that though where they just get like really into stuff like you were a dinosaur kid yeah my nephew's really into cars yeah like he's a car kid he loves mm-hmm. cars yeah so like you can ask brie anything about dinosaurs like i mean go back and listen to our jurassic park episodes like Every kid like hyper fixates on something. Sure, sure. And what what do you think I was? I don't know. What kind of kid was I? Just look into my eyes. Look into my eyes right now and tell me what kid I was. Uh, you're definitely not a car kid. I was not a car kid. You were definitely not a dinosaur kid. I was not a dinosaur kid. You were definitely not a horse girl. I was not a horse girl. <laughs> <laughs> Bree once called um bumblebee it's a horse girl movie uh, it's a girl in her horse movie and me and my friend dom looked at each other like what is a girl in her horse movie i've never heard of this before and you're like no imdb it there's a whole subgenre of girl in her horse movies you mean boy in his dog movie no girl in her horse <laughs> <laughs> what kind of kid was i i don't know what, what kind of kid were you i was a movie kid oh uh, not- isn't that funny i was a movie kid i would always um when I was like little, very little, and I couldn't speak, I was like hyper fixated on the VHS box art for movies. My mom would always say that I would just like stare at the Star Wars A New Hope box on, on VHS. Yeah, I was a movie. I was a movie kid. Um, But he, he comes with this tractor and... Everyone gets rescued. Everyone gets rescued. David, Miss Caroline, the kids, and as they're leaving, they're playing music. So they establish early on in the movie that one of the things Miss Caroline does that like gets the kids all happy is she plays her ukulele, and she plays Taylor Swift's "Shake It Off." And when they started saying Taylor Swift, I was like, "Okay, Bree's gonna love this movie." I read on imdb that they initial taylor swift's people initially said no to the use of shake it off in this movie so lupita nyong'o like got into contact with taylor swift personally and like explained to her what the what the movie was about and why that song in particular was important for the movie and taylor swift was like okay yeah you guys can use it and um they get to like where the but military meets them and that's where we get the all line the zombies where... are like following the tractor, but the zombies are also like kind of trying to sing along. Yeah, they're singing along funny. with the music, and um, they get to where the military is. That's where you get the line of "I can't kill kids again." Oh, <laughs> oh there's kids in there. I can't shoot kids again. <laughs> and then they get there, David, and they all make it across this line of people. And he's like, oh, you, no, they're fine. Like, all you do is play music. And then they just, like, open fire yeah. and murder <laughs> all those people. And they put the class and David and the teacher into quarantine. And the, we get this whole reunion of the parents going and watching them in the little tent. And they're singing while Miss Caroline's playing the ukulele. They, they do make the implication that zombie outbreak this isn't the first time yeah that that's happened which i kind of like that explanation because it's like i have to have faith that our military would be equipped to handle something like this 
So it gives me faith to be like, okay, they would be equipped to handle something like this, you know? <laughs> sucks all those people died. It sucks all those people died. But if this happened multiple times, first question is why? Second uh, thought is, well, they're able to handle it. Um, but that's the movie. Pretty much. Yeah, it's very straightforward, very quick movie, very like beat, beat, beat movie. Mm-hmm. And like, um, was there anything particularly special? No. No. I, I felt like there's it was a movie. M- it was a movie. It's a fun movie. Uh, as a zombie movie, I think this is really uh, good a really good uh just straightforward zombie film yeah it was just like this is zombies they're the slow zombies not the fast zombies we're very clear about our rules we're very clear about what kind of zombies there's no confusion it's just a fresh idea of what happens if there's a bunch of kids here in the zombie apocalypse how do we keep them safe and how do we work in the character drama Mm -hmm. and make it fun and make it funny and i think they did a really good job of this um Always great to see like Lupita Nyong'o in a starring role because she usually is a very good character actress. She doesn't get very many starring Which roles. Which is like a shame because she's like really good at what she does. Yeah, like Us. She's great in Us. Um, I, I feel like, I mean, she's a supporting cast member in like the two Black Panther movies. She's a supporting cast member in 12 Years a Slave she has garnered a reputation as being a character actress, but can hold her own and very, very well, too, in, in a movie like this. This movie seemed like it did not take a lot of effort to make. It's very, like, condensed. It's in one setting. It's like, yeah, you need a bunch of extras and special effects for the zombies, which special effects are very cool for the zombies, very practical. Um, but other than that, it's seemed like, this was a very easy movie to make. So I have to ask you, how good was the movie? Oh, the movie good. Uh, I would say I would give it maybe like a seven point two. Yeah, it was I liked like, it. It's very good, like a seven above average. About above aside average. from the first like fifteen minutes. Um, scary wise, zero, zero. <laughs> <laughs> it was a zero. Uh, nothing about this movie was scary. the zombies themselves weren't even like mm-hmm. they didn't make an effort to make it scary. Nor did I think that they needed to because if we're diving deep into like a critical analysis of little monsters we're saying we're we're just along for the ride we're the kids in this scenario like we're we don't really see anyone get eight we do but it's like not we don't see like the like the gruesome like the normal gruesomeness of a zombie movie yeah because as an audience member we are one of the kids where it's like this is part of the game and this is part of like the lightheartedness of a zombie. And there's apocalypse. a part of me that was like, all these kids are going to be okay. Like nothing really bad is going to happen to our main cast of kids. Well, we just watched a movie in Evil Dead Rise that didn't have any trouble killing off adolescents. But not the kid. Like children. But the kid was yeah, fine. Yeah, the kid was the fine. The young kid was fine. But it was a fun movie. I mean, yeah. I didn't. I came into this podcast. I'm like, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Because 
a lot of these movies you can like dive deep into and be like, oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? This what is just this straightforward. This is a zombie very movie. Very straightforward zombie and film. It's a, and it's a funny zombie film. Would I, I recommend it? I Yeah. I think it, if you want to see something funny. I appreciate funny, the recommendation from my student, but um, not a scary movie. Not, not the vibe of this podcast. Because I, I was like, the first 15 minutes of this movie, I was like, this isn't a horror movie. Yeah, this we isn't going to be a horror we movie. We like, hmm, this doesn't really fit our vibe. But we're gonna see my, it through, we're gonna see it through because we we started it. I gave Brie a couple of um, example like uh, not examples but options of movies to watch, and I said we can watch It Follows, which is something that I'd like to cover in the future. We can go to the beach that makes you old, or we can watch this Little Monsters, which I haven't seen before, and it was on recommendation. I'm always like, whatever the kids think. We would like. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. I liked it. I just don't think it was a horror movie. Well, I, I get this question. I got this question from two of my seniors, like almost consecutively, like day after day. What do you think of Donnie Darko? Mm. It's like, Medi- I don't remember Medi- Donnie Darko. <laughs> Mediocre. I haven't seen Donnie Darko in like 15 years. I Nor are we going to watch it for this podcast because it's not a horror movie. Mediocre. Donnie Darko is like a psychological thriller. Jake Gyllenhaal villain how bad do you think he smelled we talk about smelly people how bad do you think he smelled on that set he's he is um shower phobic <laughs> i uh the taylor swift concert my friend that's coming with us said oh we should buy these shirts and it's he's got the shirt that has john mayer all over it i've got the jake gyllenhaal i said i'll pay, i'll take the jake gyllenhaal one because he's not as hated as john like, mayer john mayer sure you might get stabbed <laughs> and uh i saw i told my friends especially I'm like, with with, with uh, speak, speak now, now coming to, out yeah he's got a target on his back jake gyllenhaal fans eating well we're, <laughs> we're out of the red now and i told my friends i'm like i am just gonna not shower for the week in preparation to be full jake gyllenhaal-esque as i wear that shirt You're at the taylor swift concert to me then <laughs> i gotta be full in character jake gyllenhaal worthy so i gotta be very stinky gross we're yeah. excited about that and we'll talk more about taylor swift as we get closer to that day i hope you enjoyed this podcast um we enjoy making it we enjoy doing the content for you watching the movies Again, if you have any recommendations for future podcasts, please make them horror related. But <laughs> we will watch it. Next, they're going to be t- telling me to watch like 21 Jump Street or something. I was like, we'll watch it. Just please try to make it horror movie related. If you want to follow us, um, we don't really have an Instagram yet. It's on my list of things to do. Sorry, everyone. I suck. Um, but you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts apple spotify google all those things all them um you can follow my lovely spouse on twitter at gldtv1 if you want to get a hold of me you must survive the outbreak at a government facility in a different country she will be your teacher which they should not even be performing yeah why was why was the u.s there to begin with it's their it's their army base in a different country which the u.s is the only uh country that has multiple military bases in other countries because it's a fear tactic a fear tactic Bree, you're going to get us killed (laughs) anyway (laughs) we'll be getting a knock on our door i hope hope you enjoyed this podcast (laughs) again this is the How Scary How Scary Is It podcast. What did you give it uh, for good? Good. I give it a seven.
Oh, okay. I did not hear you. Again, this is the how scary is it? How would you give it for scary? Zero. Zero. Do you not pay attention to me? I was not paying attention during that. Sorry. He's just trying to say the the outro. Go ahead. What? You wanted to say the outro. That's why you kept interrupting <laughs> me. Go ahead. That what? This is the how scary is it? Oh, um, oh, yeah. So, uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> We're here. And we're ending the podcast. This is the How Scary Is It podcast. My name's Anthony. And I'm Bree. And we'll be back next week with something. Something. See ya.